Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Pits of Motor Cast. This year, host Dave, I got a live special guest all the way from Texas. Mary Murphy Reap, how you doing, Mary? I'm doing great. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. So, if you don't know Mary, she drives the Grim Reaper, if you altered, which you put a funny car body in her and run it as a funny car, correct? Yeah, we did. Uh, so, Larry and I uh, raced the alterns for about 20 plus years and then uh, won the championship in uh, he, while he was driving in 2001. And then I won the championship in 2019. And so, during the COVID break, uh, which we sat out because of COVID, uh, we put a funny car body on it. Uh, Chris Graves has done a tremendous job with the Funny Car Chaos organization, and it has just exploded here in the South. Um, and we're actually moving more into the central states as well right now with the chaos schedules. So uh, made a couple of races, had a lot of problems, didn't do much. And then last year, uh, we really made a a first, what I would call a true race, which was the last uh, finals last October. Now, are you excited about the motorplex coming up? Uh, absolutely. I'm just been sitting on pins and needles. I can't wait. Uh, a lot of work has taken place on the car over the winter, doing additional updates. We've been really in a uh, refresh and update and kind of putting some new components on since, uh, I guess, probably since uh, it's passing in 21. And, uh, man, we have just been working our tails off and so ready to go hit the track. We've got a lot of uh, lot of things up our sleeves, getting ready for the organization. Uh, it's going to be a lot of new cars, and there's going to be a lot of people chasing that championship this year. So I saw it's like a 50-plus field for the Texas Motorplex. Yeah, the last count I heard was over 60. Um, but know that there's we've had 50 on the books since, I don't know, a couple of months now. So, yeah, there'll be a, there'll be a, solid, there'll be a solid showing by all means next week. Uh, things will kick off on Thursday with Test and Tune. I think we've got, uh, oh, we've got the um, – Headshots, we've got some chassis inspections, we've got some seat pours, we got a lot of things happening on Thursday, and then the competition kicks off with qualifying on Friday, and then uh, last round of qualifying, I think, Saturday, and all of the eliminations Saturday night, Saturday afternoon and Saturday night. Yeah, I saw you caught out Shane for uh, Friday. <laughs> I absolutely did. So for those of you who didn't uh, didn't know, I was supposed to go to the finals against Shane Lawson. Good friend. We're we're great buddies off the track, but when we pull up to the light, you know, it's 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 heads up. There's no no one's anybody any slack. Uh, Kim Singleton, who had that tremendous fire uh, last March in his car, has uh, taken. Uh, has, has stepped up and is helping Shane with the tuning decisions. And so, um, you know, a lot of love there for the Singletons by all means. But uh, on the same side of things, Joe Singleton is going to take over my backup girl duties for me this coming year. And uh, Morgan, her daughter, is uh, doing a lot of social media and uh, marketing work for me. So we're kind of all one big family. We've spent a lot of time together at PRI and other uh, other things. But, uh, yeah, I really 
really missed being able to make that final due to some parts breakage last October and uh, so want to go see what we can do and uh, kind of redeem ourselves a little bit from the, the no-show. Well, that should be a fun race Friday, you know. Uh, Grim Reaper against the Man of War. Yeah, it'll be fun. Can't wait. So, Mary, let me rewind the clock with you a little bit and uh, ask you, how, how did you get into drag racing? So, I started in 1980 uh, when I met, I was dating Larry Reap, and uh, had never been to a drag race that I could remember. I had been with five, but had never been uh, that I could remember. And uh, we went to our very first drag race down at the Houston, now, now closed Houston I-40 tra- I-45 track. And he was driving another gentleman's uh, car, Carl Stone, and we won the race. And I've been hooked on it ever since. Uh, Larry and I campaigned uh, the Grim Reaper in the All-American Funny Car Series. Uh, that's a, that was a series that was around for probably well, somewhere around 14 years, I believe, maybe 15. Started in the mid-70s and went into the early 80s. Uh, we, uh, we won a championship in 87, which was a, was a lot of fun. And, and so, uh, been running, that's kind of where the love for funny cars came from. Now who came up with the Grim Reaper name? So the Grim Reaper name is kind of interesting. Um, Larry started racing in 58 and he raced a lot of front engine dragsters through the sixties. He had a gentleman, uh, uh, Don Kellett, who was a good, good friend of his and helped him on the car. And Don was the one that came up with the name of Grim Reaper, taking a play on uh, our last name. Spell it like our last name. So I'm giving away the secret that uh, Morgan's got out there on the social media. But um, it is spelled uh, differently than what uh, Reaper is spelled with the, the guy with the sickle. But we've used that and campaigned that since 1968. So now, Mary, after all these years of uh, drag racing, what still keeps the passion going? Oh, competition, the people, uh, of course, just the acceleration and the and the adrenaline rush from uh, going, you know, positive G's to negative G's. That's incredible. The um, it's a big, huge community in our racing world. Uh, a lot of people that are in the altered series uh, we raced with and, and competed against in the eighties. And um, a lot of folks in the uh, alternate series have started, not all of them, but there's a few people that have transitioned over into uh, Funny Car Chaos as well. The, um, but it's, it's, you know, we're just a really tight-knit group. Like I said, it's always heads up when you pull up to the line. But, you know, if you need a blower pulley or, a, you know, a jet or, or any little thing, you know, you need, a, you need a fitting or something, a fuel fitting, you, you know, we all take, you know, we're very collaborative and we all take, you know, help each other out at the racetrack. Yeah, that's the neat thing about drag racing. Everyone is always willing to help each other out, usually. Yeah, very much so. And, you know, and it's it's my community. Everybody has a community, right? Whether it's a community you live in or, or you know, a group at the church or around, you know, the golfing or fishing or whatever your sport or hobby may be. Uh, there's always like a, a small community in which you socialize with. And uh, this is my, you know, this is my family. This is, I mean, I have a family, but this is, this is my, these are my peeps. These are, this is my community. It's the racing world. 
and uh, it's just, you know, it's incredible. I mean, we're, we're just, you know, it's, it's, I don't want to walk away from that ever unless I have to, right? <laughs> Man, the family just gets bigger and bigger because you just keep meeting more and more people along the way. You know, I've been been racing over 40 years, and uh, we've raced, Larry and I raced everything from alcohol funny cars to alcohol dragsters to, um, you know, we, we helped a good friend of ours out of Freeport for several years, Jay Meyer. Shout out to Jay and his family. You know, they're going through some stuff right now, but uh, we helped him with his alcohol dragsters. He chased for a national championship. Um, and then we got into the altars and, and you know, raced that a long, long time. So you guys never dabbled in the nitro at all, huh? Uh, Larry did, actually. Larry had an, uh, a fuel funny car in the early 70s, but you're probably too young to know this, but there was a huge spike in nitromethane in the early 70s when we had our first kind of fuel crisis. And a lot of racers converted their nitro setup into an alcohol brain motor. And Larry was one of the first to make that, that transition. And once he got into the alcohol of it, he, he was an engine builder by trade and an and industrial machinist. And so once he got into that, you know, once he got into it, he really loved the, you know, the engine, you know, the, the, the challenge of keeping an engine alive for, you know, many, many runs. Now, Mary, can you remember the first time you went down a drag strip? The first time I went down the drag strip was probably 2003. Uh, we had bought a black big uh, uh, black roadster that had a big block shoveling in it just injected and we took it to our local drag strip at the time uh, the San Antonio track uh, we had talked about me driving at some point and Larry knew that eventually he'd be stepping out so the plan was to give me some seat time so we made uh, that's the first time I ever ran it was interesting you know much like uh, you know although I've been at the races for a long time I still had no I was Nothing prepares you for that initial launch. And um, it took me a little bit to get the hang of it. It wasn't that I was afraid to keep my foot in it. I had a hard time keeping my foot on the pedal, but it uh, turned out to be amazing, and I, I loved it from day one. Were you nervous at all? Oh, sure. Why would you not be? The first time I got into the phone car, uh, I'll tell a little funny story on myself. There will be a few folks that will remember it. It was after Larry had made, uh, we made the final season race um on saturday night and larry won and it was just it was incredible it was great great way for him to end his career was to get a win and it was just a lot of fun um but we'd stayed over the track and this was at north star dragway in denton and we stayed over and, and i was going to make a couple of passes on um on sunday so then we had some friends who came back out and to see how we would do and uh it was, it, the car was built for Larry, so it was uh, a little too large for me, and I had trouble, you know, reaching pedals and reaching things. And one of the challenges I had was uh, seeing where, uh, what gear I was in, and where I was at, and uh, just, you know, kind of all the controls in the car. Um, unbeknownst to me, the car was uh, in reverse when we fired it up, and it's on a hill when you're in. Uh, when you're at Denton, they, I mean, they had this kind of upward hill where you started the car. So it was a little, uh, it's a little odd. So they're taking 
the you know the starters off and moving the cables and everything. I touched the gas and bam, I go flying backwards. <laughs> wow! <laughs> I ran over uh, Charlie Duncan's foot. I no, no. knocked Larry down. It was crazy, and it took me a second to grab everything and make sure I could get the car stopped. But I did. It turned it off. And, you know, you live, but that, you know, you, you got it, you, I got out of the car and went, well, I won't do that again. <laughs> That's what you got to, you just got to chalk it up and go, well, that was, that's a lesson you don't have to learn again. You'll know how to do it next time. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, so what do you enjoy most about being a drag racer, Mary? Oh, I, I think it's, you know, it's the whole piece of it, right? It's, uh, it's everything from the sponsors to the fans. I love the fans at drag racing. It's so it's so crazy. Um, you'll be, you know, we'll have the same fans come into our pit area year after year when we're at a specific track, and it's like they've been following us on you know social media. They've been watching us on. Uh, Flow Sports, um, streaming service, you know, they're like, they want to, they come by, they want to visit, they want to talk about, you know, oh my gosh, I remember when Larry did this or Larry did that. I saw Grim Reaper at, you know, Green Valley in 1978, you know, or whatever. And, and so it's, uh, it's amazing. I think the fans are, are really the big driving force behind it. But again, it's, it's also the drag racing community. All right, now, think, speaking of your fans now, if you could have your fans that come out and watch you race remember one thing about you, Mary, what would you want the fans to remember about you? Um, I'd, like to, I'd like them to remember that I'm an ambassador of the sport. Uh, I, you know, I want to lift everybody else up as well. It's just, you know, there's competition, but there's no need to tear anybody down. Uh, if anybody saw the funny car chaos, uh, show that we did earlier this week on Wednesday night. Uh, I was on with Julie Natas. I think I'm saying her name right. I may have that wrong. Sorry, Julie, if I mispronounced that. But she talked about how she had been kind of, I'll say, less than, less than supported from some of her peer drag racers. And I just, I, I was furious that happened to her. There's no need for that. Um, we're all out here to have fun. We're all out here to have a good time. And I want my fans to know that you know, we're gonna we're gonna be as we're gonna give it at all, and we're gonna have a, a good clean race. Um, but you know, when it's all when the, when the motors are shut off, we're all we're all friends. We're all a big family. Now, being a female, how was it for you starting off in drag racing? You know, I'm, I'm fortunate to have come into this sport at a time where so many people had to, so many women had already uh, you know carved the carved the course. Um, Shout out to Paula Murphy. That was one of Larry's biggest uh, fans. I mean, he just really admired Paula in every way. Uh, of course, there's always Shirley who, you know, was kind of the first to get her, her, uh, you know, get her, become the first female to really have a, have a championship. So, you know, there's a lot of women that have been doing this since the 60s, and uh, you know, hats off to all of them. That's one thing about our drag racing sport is. Once you're, it's it's equal. Once you're in the car, you're suited up and you're ready to take take a run. Um, it doesn't matter what gender you are. It's, it, all things are equal. Now, when you started drag racing, Mary, did you have any drag racers that inspired you? 
So, uh, yes, Chris Karamasini's uh, is probably my my biggest, uh, yeah, probably he's my biggest idol. Uh, Larry worked for Chris. I knew him personally on a on kind of a social level. I've been to the races with him uh, over the years. And, and when I started driving, uh, Chris was so kind to me to, um, you know, give me some coaching and give me some tips. I was having, I was struggling with some things. I was, you know, had some trouble leaving and, and I was having some break issues and, and, you know, they call him the Greek, but uh, Chris was just has just been amazing to me over the years. Um, I'm sad to see him retire, but I understand why. Uh, and of course, I'm I'm good friends with the whole family, and I, I you know, shout out to Krista. She's uh, she's following in his footsteps, and she's done an amazing job. Yeah, no one no one knows the actual age of the Greek when he retired. I know he's in his eighties. That's all I know. I don't need to tell. Lady doesn't talk about that age. Uh, are you hoping to go that long in racing? Probably not. I, I you know, I it, there's a whole different world now that I'm uh, a car, a single car owner and driver. Um, I absolutely plan to do this a couple of more years, and you know, but what the future holds is, is hard to say at this time. So what's what's the fastest you've been down a track, Mary? Uh, 192 is my record, um, but I, I expect to hit 200 this year. We've made a lot of upgrade changes. Uh, we're running, uh, we're no longer running on an index, so we'll have uh, an opportunity to really, you know, see what the car can give us without hurting everything. So, shout out to my uh, my new crew chief, Nate Murphy, who is a family member. He has uh, taken the reins from Larry. Uh, Larry mentored him and. They moved down about five, six years ago and, and spent a lot of time under Larry's uh, teaching and, and guidance, and he's learned a lot, and uh, he's taken over the controls from the team, and uh, just he maintains the car basically by himself with the assistance of uh, Dennis Murray here in town. Dennis uh, has picked up all of our machine work and helping with the engine builds, uh, but it's basically those two guys that work on this thing all the time. So you have a two-man crew. Well, no, I have a bigger crew. Um, they're the ones that are local. So that's the challenge I've always had in Austin is there's not a lot of folks in Austin um, to, you know, to leverage for crew members. And so I've got an extended crew. Um, the first person is uh, Dennis. Obviously, Dennis is here local. But I have Joe London, um, Vernon Phillips, and Rick Enmo. And now I've got a new guy, just local guy that has, has uh, joined the crew last year, Isaac Bowen. And then I can't leave Leslie out. Leslie Nudson, uh, soon to be Murphy, has kind of stepped in at the pieces uh, and kind of keeps the glue that holds us all together. She takes off tins, she helps us load, she, you know, she does anything and everything, keeps the crew fed helps me pack shoots, sells t-shirts, you know, all of those things. So I do have an extended crew when I get to the races, but local in town, it's really, it's a Dennis and Nate show with Isaac once in a while. So it's hard. It's hard. It's a lot of work to maintain one of these cars. And particularly if you're doing what we've been doing the last two years, which is changing out whole, you know, components or replacing whole components. Like we had a whole new rear end put in last year. And, um, you know, there's just a lot of, a lot of work to be done. 
Now, is there anything that you don't like about drag racing, Mary? <laughs> no. If I didn't like it, I wouldn't do it. I mean, it's 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 a very expensive hobby, uh, but it's it's you know it's kind of what I live and breathe for. Do you have any sponsors? I do. I I actually do. Um, had a really good PRI show this year. I entered, kind of went back out and reintroduced my car and my team to, to multiple uh, companies. Made a lot of good headway, but uh, some shout-outs to a few of them. Um, first and foremost would be Maxima Oil, Maxima USA. Uh, Troy Green, uh, Joe Munden, those guys are great, and I uh, can't say enough about their assistance both in uh, getting us, keeping us on the right track and then just the oil sponsorship in which they've offered us and helping us out. Um, I've got Tommy Gunn's Chassis. That's a team of Joe London and Brad Thompson. They do all my chassis work. They do tremendous. I mean, they mounted the funny car body. They've just done a, a lot of work for us over the years. Uh, and obviously Joe's on our team. And Brad Thompson is actually part of the Funny Car Chaos safety crew. He's a, a retired fireman and, and just couldn't have anybody better on the other end of the track, making sure we're all safe. Uh, I have Precision Engine Services here in Austin, Texas. Uh, Pro Things Apparel, um, they've done a really good job for me, both in shirts that I sell and uh, uniform shirts. Uh, Jason's just amazing to work with. And then CP Carrillo. Uh, the manufacturers of rods and, and pistons are they're really good and have been really helpful. Um, some other really good folks that have, uh, you know, helped me out as much as they can, and that's like Taylor Safety. Uh, Dennis Taylor, you know, just, I just got my new suit a few days ago. It's absolutely amazing. I'm so happy with it. It's going to do a seat pour for me up at Ennis. That'll be, you know. Those are some of the best things you can have as a driver is, is feel comfortable. It helps your confidence, helps your performance. It's, it's really great. Um, but I've, had a lot, you know, I've got a, other, a lot of other contacts in with Nanton and Amsoil and Cone and uh, NGK. So you get all your safety equipment from Taylor? I do. Um, I, I currently, um, he doesn't make helmets, but, uh, you know, like all my, you know, Nomex uh, shirts and, and long pants and socks and things like that. Um, if he makes it, I try to, I try to buy Dennis's stuff. Now, Mary, if you could change anything about the sport of drag racing, what would you want to change? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, how would I change? I think the, uh, I think the professional series is got to be getting. They need to get creative. They're they're losing. Uh, the average Joe can't afford to go to the races. It's very very expensive from a ticket standpoint. And then once you're in the gate, it's um, it's just incredibly expensive. Uh, I know people that a couple that'll spend you know go for a weekend and end up spending five or six hundred dollars. And I just think um, you know our average person just can't afford that. So. I think the sport needs to figure out a way to make it more affordable and allow us to, uh, you know, continue to keep that closeness with the fans because that's thing that's something that's very unique to drag racing. You don't get, you know, full pit access from a lot of the other sports. So it's, uh, I think that's a thing that, that is a is a challenge, right? It's a challenge to to the drag racing as a whole. I think that's where Funny Car Chaos is. Uh, 
filling in the gap is that uh, it's an affordable weekend. Uh, it doesn't cost you an arm and leg once you're in the in the track, and um, you get to see some really good racing. I agree with you on that one. Now, if, if you did not become a drag racer, you have any idea what you'd have been doing? What you be doing with your spare time? I don't really know that answer. Um, I don't know. I'll probably have a boat and be out on the lake every weekend. <laughs> I guess that would be it. Uh, I, I don't think I don't see myself jumping out of a perfectly good airplane. So I think that that would probably be off the off the list. But I'd either have a boat or an airplane or a motorcycle. Now, as far as drag racing goes, do you have anything on a bucket list that you would love to try still? Oh, absolutely. Um, I definitely want to go 200 miles an hour. That's my, you know, immediate goal. And then long term, I'd like to, you know, I'm a big advocate for, you know, kind of the unspoken hero at the races. And that's uh, a lot of the support individuals that, you know, make these teams function whether they're, you know, the marketing director or someone in an office somewhere that's, that's, you know, booking all the appointments, I mean, sorry, all the hotel, you know, reservations and airplanes and all that stuff. There's so much coordination that goes on behind the scenes, uh, particularly for the professional group, but even for, you know, our organization. It takes a lot of coordination, a lot of planning, and most of that's usually done by some female sitting somewhere doing that so i'd really like to get more visibility to the unsung heroes that really support the racing um, organizations now do you have any tracks on the bucket list that you'd love to go to one day i'd love to, I'd love to run an indy you know that's kind of like the you know, the epitome of the best racetrack in the world or or at least the you know it's the super bowl that we have but um Right now, I don't see us running there with the funny car chaos. And I don't look to go into NHRA. I just, we kind of did that back in the 90s, and it's just a really, 80s and 90s, it's a really tough, uh, it's a tough gig. You've got to have a multi-million dollar budget even to run an alcohol car and, uh, you know, up and down the highway. Now, Mary, after all these years of uh Drag racing, do you think you, you can get any better as a driver? Oh, sure. You're always improving. You're always practicing. You're always uh, mentally preparing yourself. And, and I think when you have less distractions, you're just a better driver. If you fit in the car, you'll be a better, you're a better driver. If you're comfortable in your suit and in, in the environment, you're a better driver. So absolutely, you're always, always improving. I'm, I'm very anxious to have a pour-in seat. This will be my first pour in seat ever and that's going to give me an opportunity to actually feel the car and hopefully feel the car if something's going wrong feel it early and lift so i don't tear something up now when you get out there in the staging lanes do you have any pre-race rituals or superstitions at all i don't have any real superstitions i do some uh, meditation before i actually pull into the lanes um that's something i do pretty much every before every pass and um i try to you know that just helps me focus it centers me and grounds me and just helps me focus now what kind of preparation goes into getting the car ready for a weekend well like this weekend we've worked on it nonstop since uh we've drug it home in october so um 
<laughs> if you're just turning it around for uh, in between races, once you've kind of been, you've kind of taken and got all the bugs worked out, you know, there's a lot of servicing of the motors and and transmission, and then addressing anything that may have not gone right. Uh, but then you, of course, you've always got to, you know, keep on top of your rig and make sure that everything is working well, so you're not stranded on the side of the road. Um, with either engine problems or tire problems or whatever else. I mean, it's we're 80 plus feet rolling down the road, so it's a it's a lot to lot to keep up with. Now, do you have any favorite tracks to race on, Mary? I really like Ennis. Um, I really like Extreme Raceway in Ferrets. Uh, it's probably one of my favorites. I love the San Antonio track. But it's now uh, been closed. It, it was my home track. I, you know, it's where I first raced you know, eons ago, and um, it was kind of always a favorite of mine. I really the San Antonio track, uh, but I would say Ennis is probably my favorite track. Now, as far as funny car chaos goes, how many events are you looking to do this year? I'm going to run a full series. Um, I'm I'm putting all, I'm all in to chase the championship. If something happens with fuel pricing, I may not be able to make it this summer. It takes a tremendous amount of you know, cubic dollars so to go down the road. I get six miles to the gallon with my rig, so when I start talking about traveling 1,000 or 1,200 miles one way, you can do the math. It's, it's a lot of dollars just to spend in diesel. So there there may be some, some races we can't go to just because of uh, the travel involved. But uh, my plan is to hit all the races this year. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to make up the Cordova. Yeah, that shouldn't be too far for you. It's yeah, that few hours. Now it's not 22 like it is for me. Huh? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I live in Central Texas. I'm a long ways from Cordova, Iowa, but. Uh, uh, Nate and I are both raised in uh, southern Iowa, uh, northeast corner of Missouri, and uh, so Nate and I really want to make, we definitely want to make Eddieville, and we would like to do Cordova. I haven't, I've never been to Cordova, and I really want to go. Now, have you been any tracks out in the Midwest? Um, oh, yeah, but, you know, that was eons ago when we were racing the uh, All American Funny Car Series. I mean, like have, have you ever have, have you ever been to Great Lakes Dragway in Wisconsin? No, I have not. I'm not raced anywhere in Wisconsin. Um, I did race back in the late '80s. We raced in Pennsylvania and Columbus, Ohio, and uh, we went as far as I think as far as Georgia. We went to Atlanta. Uh, where else did we go? Um, spent some time. We raced quite a bit in. Uh, Nebraska and Topeka because it was part of our region for a while, and so we've been, I've been to Topeka multiple times. And of course, I've been in all over the Oklahoma tracks, Tulsa and, and uh, Thunder Valley. Now, how many tro trophies have you won in drag racing? Oh, I don't know. Um, gosh, that's a tough question. Only one championship trophy, but I have I've lots of plaques and lots of dope trophies. I, I don't I don't have a count. Sorry. All right. I can't think of any any season we didn't win a race. 
and many seasons we won multiple races. So um, we've got a pretty strong win record. And I guess if Morgan's listening, that's something I need to put, put my finger on, huh? Now, if people want to follow you and see where you're going to be racing, what's the best way for people to follow you, Mary? So uh, you'll soon be able to follow me um, on YouTube. I don't have anything on YouTube yet, but I will have in, within the next few weeks. Uh, but Facebook is the first and foremost place that we go. And Grim Reaper Racing, if you haven't been out there on Facebook, please uh, follow us there. We do lots of updates, lots of videos. Uh, we post stuff multiple times a week. So, uh, yeah, give us a shout and, you know, join us on Facebook and Instagram. And, and again, I'll have some things on YouTube coming up uh, probably early April. I have a lot of old video uh, from the 80s with our funny car. And I've transferred all that over into online video. And so I'll be editing that over the coming weeks and getting those updated. I think it'll be a real, I think it'll be a big interest to a lot of folks on uh, some of the, some of the older, older things. So stay, stay tuned for more of that. Nice. Now you prefer, you prefer quarter mile or eighth mile racing? I like eighth mile. Um, that's mostly what I've done. I have done some quarter mile, but um, it's easier on the parts. I mean, sure. I'd love to, you know, go you know go twice the distance but it's uh it's it just isn't worth the cost right at some point you know as an owner and a driver you've got to balance your return on investment and you've really got to take a hard look at you know is it just a wear and tear on the components to go further your engines slid longer your transmission parts don't wear out as much your rear gears stay in a little bit longer i mean it's just easier on the entire component and I'd rather go more frequently and just not as far so I, I prefer the eighth mile now besides funny car cares are you going to be running any other any other events this year um the only thing I might do is uh, when we mounted the funny car body we made it so we could sh we could shift back and put the altar body back on uh, the body and the wing and all that setup so all that's still existing um, we might try to make the last altered race this year. But, you know, when we did this originally, Man of the Body, our intention was that we would we would do both, right? We would, you know, we would try to run both of those as much as possible. Uh, the scheduling just doesn't make sense, and it takes a, quite a bit to, to change over the body style. But our last funny car race is Labor Day weekend, and then a month later is the altered race. So... The engine's good, and, and we think we can do this. Um, we may shift over and throw the altered body on and just go play just for the heck of it. It's at the Extreme Raceway, and it's one of my – it's probably my second favorite track. Uh, I always like racing Galen's track. He's, he's just so good to me, and, and so good to uh, – Galen Smith is just so good to me and, and you know, let me test up there a lot. So uh, I'd like to make that track – I'd like to make that race at their track if I can now, oh, I lost my train of thought here for a second. Hold on. Oh, oh yeah, I was gonna say. Now, if I, now if anyone listens to this interview, whether it be a child or a teenager or a grown adult, and you inspire inspire them to maybe want to start drag racing, what kind of advice would you give them, Mary? Um, 
Well, I, if there's any little girls or little little guys out there that uh, are wanting to, you know, do something, I think the junior dragster program is incredibly important um, for parents and kids to connect. Um, I really think it's, you see a lot of young girls in the junior dragsters, and I know our granddaughter, um, our oldest granddaughter, Ashley, did it for multiple years, and it really gave her a connection between her and her dad to actually be able to um, share something together. And I think that's really a, a great way for kids to start. And also, when you look at a lot of the young drivers in the professional ranks, they started in the junior dragsters, whether they were, you know, Erica Enders or Spencer Massey that's still racing today, uh, or you're, you know, you're just, you know, you're just getting started, like, you know, like Julie. Julie raced junior dragsters, followed her dad to the racetrack, and now she's, you know, she's an up and comer in the alcohol, injected alcohol dragster, and, and going to play uh, funny car with us as well. So it's, uh, I think that's a really good way for kids to get started. If you're an adult and you want to start, you know, it's really, you, you really got to follow your heart and what you want to do, right? Is you want a door car, maybe? Do you want to go bracket racing at your local track a couple times a month? Do you want to do, you know, do you want to spend the money and jump into like a comp eliminator class or something like that? So there's, that's, that's a little harder to advise on, but, you know, come hang out, find somebody, ask somebody, hey, I'm interested in getting, I'm, I'm looking at maybe getting into the sport. You know, just walk up to somebody in the pits. They'll most likely let you just hang out with them so you can get a feel of what it's about. Now, are you ready for the fun facts questions part of the interview? Sure. All right, what's, what's Mary's favorite food to eat? My favorite food is probably Mexican. Yeah, any certain type? Tex-Mex, enchiladas. Tacos, queso, I love it all. Now, do you cook, Mary? Oh, yes, I'm a big cook. So what what do you consider your best dish to make? I am the queen of the Midwest farm comfort food. You want roast beef, potatoes, roast beef, potatoes and carrots, or chicken and dumplings, or goulash, or any of that, you know, comfort food, I'm, I'm your girl. Nice. That's one thing my crew always says is they eat, they eat well. So you do a lot of cooking at the track? Um, I actually cook beforehand, do a lot of heating up, but yes. Do you guys? Yeah, do, we, we feed our crew. Do you guys do any barbecuing at the track? I don't. I, I'm not. I don't have time at the track. I'm way too busy, and so is Leslie. So we generally cook ahead of time. Freeze it. I've got a motorhome, so it gives us an opportunity to just kind of warm things up and serve them as the guys are ready to eat because they never want, they're rarely all ready to eat at the same time. Now, on, on a race day, how's your eating habits, Mary? You eat regularly or you eat, eat very light with the races? The races are done to eat more. I don't eat a lot during the day. Um, if I do, it's more of a protein shake, or I usually eat a little breakfast, and then I don't eat again till 10 o'clock at night. I just do a few protein shakes during the day, just enough to keep me going. All right, now what's your favorite beverage to drink? My favorite beverage? Oh, I'm a red wine girl. Red wine. I like Italian organic wine, French organic wine. 
Now, if we go non-alcoholic, what's your favorite beverage in non-alcoholic? I like lemonade. Now, what's your favorite color, Mary? Purple. What's your biggest pet peeve? Mean people. Mean people. Now, how about that? I mean people. I I mean people that are you know they have to put you down in order to bring themselves up. That just that's just no need for that in this world. Now, how about at the racetrack? Any pet peeves at the track? All right, now are you a dog person or a cat person? Oh, dogs. If you haven't heard, I had a couple of them barking a minute ago. Yeah, I did. What kind of dogs you got? So I've got uh, Bacon, who's kind of world famous and been around, you know, got him from another drag racer. Uh, he's uh, a Basenji Dingo German Shepherd mix. I guess calling him a Heinz 57. Uh, but he's a 77-pound strapping old man now and then uh second dog we've got is a, a, a doberman da dalmatian mix he's sweet and what's his name beans so i have beans and bacon those are my dogs hmm. nice now have you reached any milestones in your drag racing career so far mary i definitely wanted to win a championship that was real high on my list um and I wanted to do it with the crew. You know, the crew I had at the time had been with me for a really long time. Some of them uh, have been with me since, you know, the 90s. So uh, I definitely wanted to win a championship. So I'd say that was my biggest milestone. Now, if you ever have time to take a vacation at all, what's your favorite vacation getaway? I generally try to get to the beach every couple of months. I don't live too far. I'm just a few hours from the beach, and so I like to, I'm a beach girl. I like to go sit in the sun, and stick my toes in the sand, and watch the waves. Now, throughout your racing career, have you had any accidents or close calls? Yes. I don't know any racer that hasn't. Now, can you think of one most embarrassing moment you had on the track? Oh, I would say when I first started the story I shared with you earlier, that was probably the worst thing I, I think I did. Um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't run over anybody or hurt anybody else since then, so it's probably my most embarrassing. Never did a burnout and a car died out? Yeah, I mean, that just what happens. I mean, I'm sure it has happened to me, but you know, that happens. Now, what would you like to say, you know, for, to your fans out there? So, I, first and foremost, thank you so much for all the support and love that I see pouring out to me on the on social media. It's uh, it's an incredible, uh, it's been an incredible journey in the last two years. It's been really, really tough without my lifelong partner. But uh, thank you to, to all the fans and to uh, all the all the friends within the community who have supported me through this transition and helped me get through some of the worst days of grief and on the other side. So just thank you on all of that. Now, any, any thank yous you want to do before we close up? Uh, 
just a huge shout out to, to Morgan for helping me uh, kind of get my my social media brain back on track and, and uh, out of that dormant state into something a little more uh, a little more uh, usable and uh, interesting. Okay, well, thanks for doing an interview tonight, Mary. All right. And I wish you, here. wish you the best of luck uh, next weekend at uh, Motorplex. All right, we appreciate it. Hope you Hopefully come, we can come do everybody there. proud. Yeah, hope you come out there with a big win. I'd love to. That'd be awesome. Thank that, you again. Thanks again, Mary. Evening. You have a great night.